It's the Hockey News Action Show presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, let's get people set for a crazy, what it should be a, a very entertaining and crazy um, Eastern and Western Conference final. Uh, before we do that, though, let's talk a little bit. You know, let's do a bit of a bit of a let's take stock uh, and let's talk about some trends that have been happening, um, both betting and otherwise to help you sort of or to help uh, you, the listeners and viewers, uh, you know, surge forward uh, and make some money. So let's start right off the hop with first period unders. Yeah, there's been one of my favorite bets. If you've been kind of following me on Twitter um, through the playoffs, you know that I've been loving it. I took it in the Carolina New York Islanders series. I took it all through the Seattle um, Dallas series. I, I just have really liked it. There are certain teams that are really, really good defensively. And now we're in a situation where three of the four teams remaining are really good defensively and have defensive minded coaches. And that's Seattle, Dallas, and Carolina. All three of those teams, um, or sorry, not Seattle, Vegas, Dallas, and Carolina. Um, all three of those teams are coached by defensive-minded coaches um, who put an emphasis on taking care of the puck in your own end and, and keeping the pucks to the outside. And a lot of first-period unders have been hit. So if you can get the first period under one and a half in, in any of these games um, with not too much juice, that's something that's been consistently hitting. And, and I definitely look to... Um, to take a look at that, as well as specifically in the Dallas-Vegas series. Um, I think, generally speaking, we're going to see a really tight defensive checking series. Um, and you might have a situation where you can get zero goals in the first period at plus money. That's something that I might sprinkle on as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, now we also have Rupe Hints, who, you know, he's basically a... Uh, He's he's one of the most underrated players in the entire NHL. He's he's I believe uh, uh, you know he, he's up there for leading the uh, uh, the NHL in scoring uh, in playoff scoring at least. But not a lot of people are talking about him, which might lead sort of betting or, or you know a, a, any sort of betting uh, uh, opportunities open for you to to grab some plus money on him. Yeah. So Rupa Hins, I feel like a couple, not even a couple years ago, like five years ago, um, Sasha Barkov was super underrated, and then everybody realized that. He was very underrated. I think that mantle has now been shifted to Rupa Hints. Um, to me, I know you and I have been talking about him for probably a little bit over a year now. Uh, that's somebody that we've really liked. He's got 19 points in the playoffs so far. I believe he's second in playoff scoring. That's tremendous stuff. He's consistently producing for Dallas, whether he's playing with Pavelski or playing with Robertson. Um, power play, even strength. He's kind of been the go-to guy for Dallas because other teams have been keying in on Robertson. He's also facing Aiden Hill instead of Philip Grubauer. And while Aiden Hill has been good, Philip Grubauer was excellent for Seattle. Um, so I expect his run of scoring to continue. Um, I would expect that he kind of gets matched up against the Mark Stone line. Mark Stone is fantastic defensively, but I'm not sure that he's going to be able to keep Rupa Hintz and either Pavelski or Robertson um, at bay. So taking a, a Hintz point here, good money for me. Absolutely. All right. We also have um, Brent Burns, you know, a defenseman, Carolina Hurricanes, who, you know, still they're still out there. Um, he's a shooting machine and we love shot props on here. So uh, obviously he should be someone that you target. Yeah, I mean, you make a great point, right? We love our shot props and, and Brent Burns has just been a, a shooting gallery this entire playoffs. New Jersey was pretty good at keeping pucks um, away from him. 
But Florida, as we saw in the series with Toronto, bleeds shots. Um, and Burns is the guy Carolina likes to shoot from the point and pounce on rebounds. And that is a Bobrovsky weakness. So not only am I going to take the Brent Burns shooting gallery, I'm also going to take Bobrovsky over his total saves. He was going over the number against Toronto consistently. And given the volume shooting team, that's Carolina. I expect that he's pretty much going to have to make 30 or 35 saves anywhere in that kind of range to give Florida even a fighting chance of beating Carolina. Absolutely. We also have Sergei Bobrovsky who, uh, yeah, is, is just, he, we're hoping he, he plays well um, for the Yeah, sake. If he turns into a pumpkin, that could be a problem. Yeah. For the sake of the Florida Panthers there. Um, uh, so going over saves total nearly every game, he seems like he's getting shelled with shots. Could be an interesting one there. Yeah, I think that's probably something I'm going to take every game. I, we just talked about Brent Burns and how Carolina's strategy is basically shoot to create rebounds. Well, if you're shooting to create rebounds, that means you're shooting for secondary and, and, and tertiary so- shots. So for me, um, the Bobrovsky oversave total, the only way I can see this not hitting is if he turns into a pumpkin, which is a distinct possibility. Yeah, and as we mentioned off the top, you know, on this, these are, this is going to be a tight defensive series. So unders, maybe if you can get plus money on those, then smash them. Yep, uh, we're going to be smashing those unders. So, I mean, to me, we talked about uh, Vegas-Dallas being really good defensively. Uh, Carolina's really good defensively, and Bobrovsky's being Bobrovsky so far. And until he turns into a pumpkin, kind of got to take the under. Yep, smash those unders. All right, Florida and Carolina. Uh, very interesting series here. You know, we have the Carolina Hurricanes, who people were expecting to not do as well because they lose – you know, two extremely important players. And then Tara Vinen goes down. So three extremely important players. Tara Vinen looks like he's going to be back. So that's good. That's um, and then Florida, Florida just sneaks into the playoffs here and goes on an incredible run. Um, let's start with Bobrovsky, though, who has been the best playoffs goalie. He won the series basically almost by himself against the Leafs. Um, how can that be impactful for our betters out here? Yeah, so, I mean... Sergei Bobrovsky is leading the league uh, in the playoffs so far in goals saved above expected. He was averaging one and a half goals saved above expected per game against the Leafs, which is insane. There were some games where he had more than two and a half. Um, So he is definitely saving the Panthers bacon right now. Um, But there's a difference between how Carolina approaches it and how Toronto approaches it. And I think Carolina is more suited to maybe break through here. Um, because Carolina loves to take point shots and generate rebounds and have guys like Aho and Nichash and Jarvis and Nason and Stahl kind of clean up that loose change at the, at the net front. And Bobrovsky was giving up a ton of rebounds against the Leafs, and they just couldn't pounce on them. The difference is, is the Canes can pounce on them, and they have been doing that all year. So I do think we see a possibility here where Carolina's strength matches up with a Florida weakness, and that could pose a problem for Bobrovsky. But at the end of the day, when he's on his game, he's been fantastic. And if Florida has any hope in this series, he is going to have to be really, really good. Very true. All right, we, we're going to save our, our Jacob Slavin talk a little bit to Con Smythe picks just because uh, uh, you know he's been remarkable. But the Burns-Slavin pair together – Dominated the playoffs offensively and defensively could be something to, to look for. Yeah, you look, right? New Jersey has been a really good possession team all year um, against the Islanders, completely shutting down Horvat and Barzell and Nelson and Lee. 
they are consistently dominating play. And when I say dominating, they're not even spending time in their own defensive zone. They're the top PK unit. Nobody ever scores on them. Then when they get out there at five on five, they're never in their defensive zone. So whoever they're matched up against, I'd have to think it's going to be Matthew Kachuk and Sasha Barkov. They are going to have an extremely tough time dealing with Slavin and Burns. Not only are they both tough as nails, but they also don't take any crap. And Matthew Kachuk is notorious for, for handing out the crap. And they're just not going to take it. They're different. They're built differently. They're big. They both skate well. They just don't spend a lot of time in their own end. And I think that pair is a huge problem for opponents. Absolutely. All right. Now, the big thing here is that Frederick Anderson uh, is in net. You know, he thankfully he was able to get his team, you know, over that first round hump, over that second round hump. That was great. Um, but we know that Anderson is a relatively uh, uh, flappable goaltender. He's easy uh, uh, to sort of get off his game. And it seems as if the, the Panthers have the right players and uh, to do that into Chuck and Verhage. Yeah, and, and not even just that. I just remembered Sam Bennett, too. That guy was an absolute nuisance in the first two rounds. Um, probably should have been fined at least a couple times. And like you said, Frederick Anderson has been flappable, right? We've seen him make mistakes in the playoffs. Um, Carolina's obviously a little bit more staunch defensively um, than Anderson's previous teams. But if there's anybody that's going to throw Anderson off his game by getting to the net front, by making things uncomfortable, it's going to be guys like Bennett and Kachuk and Verhage who consistently are kind of all around that net front, causing havoc, poking at the goalie, all manner of that kind of nonsense. So I think if Florida wants to really get in the kitchen, those three players are going to be really key for that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Brandon Montour, you know, speaking of defensemen, yeah, he's had an incredible series so far. Could be someone to look at or incredible playoffs. Sorry. So far, particularly against Toronto could be, uh, uh, could be an interesting person to, to target here uh, moving forward. Yeah. Brandon Montour is going to be key for Florida, right? If you look, he was great for them against Boston Um, in Toronto. The first few games in that series, he was great for them. A complete difference maker, he kind of cooled off towards the end. He wasn't as noticeable. You and I had talked about that um, while we were kind of watching the games. I do wonder um, if it's fatigue, if it's maybe the matchup was too heavy for him. Obviously, Carolina doesn't have the same level of star power that Toronto does, so the matchups won't be as um, through and through. But they have depth, and dealing with that depth could be a challenge for Montour. The likes of Jesper Faust and Jordan Stahl and Stefan Nason um, could all be issues. Somebody like Jordan Martinuk as well. And so it'd be interesting to see how Paul Maurice deploys um, Montour because we know that Carolina is really good at the net front and, and pouncing on rebounds, but they're also really good at controlling play. So they don't give up their own net front all that often. And in order to counterbalance that, Montour is going to have to be a key role, play a key role along with Ekblad in moving Canes out from the front of the net if they are going to win the battles to pucks that are off of rebounds. Absolutely. Well, you cover the net front part here. So we talk about Florida having firepower on the top lines, uh, but Carolina does seem to have some depth, uh, some depth speed to, uh, to really go at here. Uh, very interesting to, uh, to see how that will play out. Yeah, so if you look at it, right, I mean, Florida, like ha- they have Eric Stahl and Nick Cousins, players like that in their bottom six. None of those players are particularly fleet of foot. Whereas if you look at Carolina's bottom six, they've got guys like Martinuk, 
and Mason and Stepan, who, yes, they're getting up there in age, but they are much better skaters. Um, Jesper Foss is a fantastic skater. And so you look at that, and I think that if they're matched up, and Rod Brindamore um, loves his matchups, if they're matched up, I think that Florida's depth is going to have challenges containing the speed of Carolina's depth. And while Kachuk and Barkov might be better in terms of scoring prowess, I do think that the difference once you get to this level of play is going to be the depth. Yeah, and the difference here as well will be coaching. Does Rod Brindamore, you know, outcoach Paul Maurice? Um, I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to say yes on that one. I, I mean, Rod Brindamore should perpetually just like perennially be in the Jack Adams conversation. I think he's him and John Cooper are probably the best coaches in the NHL. Um, so for me, I, I think um, I think we're going to see a, a clinic put on here by Rod Brindamore. Very cool. All right, Rachel. Well, you know, it's the basically before we move on to the next series, you got to tell me who wins how many games. I'm going to take Carolina in six. Carolina in six. All right. Moving on to Vegas and Dallas. Uh, uh, you know, we talked about coaching. These are two very well coached teams. Defense first. Uh, like we said earlier, early up top, going to be a defensive battle. Could be very tight. Smash those unders. Yeah, we're smashing those unders. You you nailed that one, right? They're defensive first. You look at Bruce Cassidy and Peter DeBoer. Um, I can't even remember a team that they coached that wasn't good defensively. Like, that is just – it's kind of their calling card. They're also really good bench managers. Um, so they kind of go on the field and they understand kind of how their players are, are playing. Um but I look at this and I go, I'm expecting a ton of 2-1, maybe 3-1 with an empty netter kind of games. I'm not expecting 7-6 and 6-4 uh, or anything like that. That's just not really in either of these teams' natures. I'm sure they've got Rupa Hintz, Jason Robertson, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone. But if you compare that to the likes of like McDavid, Dreisaitl, Marner, Matthews, like that's not the same level of offensive player. And so to me, I think, whichever team plays the best defensively and gets contributions to the key moments from their top players will be the team that comes out on top. Absolutely. All right. Uh, like you said, both of good depth up front, weaker back ends. And then we also have Jake Ottinger here, who's being the best goalie left in the playoffs. Yeah. So I think for me, the way I look at it is um, both teams kind of built really well up front, right? You've got guys like Ty Delandria and, and Wyatt Johnson in the bottom six for Dallas. And then you've got Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson, Mike Amadio for uh, for Vegas. That's really good depth. But then on the back end, you look at it. Um, Essa Lindell doesn't exactly inspire confidence in a whole lot of people. Um, but then they both got a stud D in Shea Theodore and Miro Haskinen. Um but to me, I think the difference here is Jake Ottinger versus Aiden Hill. Jake Ottinger versus whatever goalie Vegas decides they're going to put in the net. Um, it doesn't really matter at this point. If you look at it, Jake Ottinger's Game 7 performance against Seattle was off the charts fantastic. He had to outduel Philip Grubauer, who has been ridiculous in these playoffs. To me, there's a huge advantage there. Jake Ottinger doesn't have to be elite. He just has to be good enough. And I think he is more than cut out for that. Well, something that hasn't been good enough has been Vegas's penalty kill, which oh. has been quite awful in the playoffs so far and could be something that Dallas exploits. 
Yeah. Uh, Vegas' penalty kill, shock, like Bruce Cassidy teams are usually really good on the penalty kill. It's been uh, really, really bad to the point where they kind of, it felt like stopped calling penalties in the later games of the Vegas Edmonton series because they knew that Edmonton was going to score, which is also very dumb. But if you look at it, you can't be giving guys like Joe Pavelski an open lane to tip pucks or Jason Robertson an open lane to shoot pucks or Rupa Hintz the opportunity to dominate below the goal line. That's going to be a problem for Vegas and they're going to get scored on if they do not solve their penalty kill issues. So just one, don't take penalties, which they probably won't because nothing is going to get called in the conference final. But when they do take penalties, you have to be able to get in front of block shots. You have to clear the pucks when they're on your stick. You have to get the key saves at the key times. And right now Vegas just isn't getting that. But on the other side of things, they are scoring on the power play. Jack Eichel's been fantastic on the power play. Mark Stone has been pretty good on the power play. They're also scoring at even strength. So I think if we have a relatively low penalty series, it could be even um, just because both teams are scoring at five on five. But it's clear that Dallas has an advantage on the power play. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Dallas has some good depth. But Vegas gets contributions up and down the lineup. Could be, uh, could be something that sways the series here. Yeah, that's that's a great point, right? And if you remember in the first round against Winnipeg, it was Michael Matteo scoring um, a key goal. And then you've got, like, Nick Waugh um, coming in and, and doing great things. Uh, the one guy that I really think we probably need to hear more from is William Carlson. Um, yes, he's put up some points, but he's going to need to be a guy that outduels whoever he's across the ice from in Dallas. Um, and... Funny enough, Mike, it could be Evgeny Dadnov. Yep. Um, which is a completely hilarious storyline. Dadnov has been decent for Dallas in the playoffs, but the the hockey story person in me wants Dadnov to get like eight points in five games or something like that, or get like a a, th- a hat trick, something like that. I think Vegas is getting contributions kind of up and down the lineup. Dallas is a little bit more top heavy with Hintz, Pavelski, um, and Robertson. And I think if they're going to contend with Vegas, they're going to need to get some contributions from guys like Evgeny Dadnoff, continue to get big goals from Wyatt Johnston in order to um, kind of balance that out. Yeah, we will have to see. All right. And then finally, you know, Miro Heiskanen, someone I like to call. Uh, the most underrated player in the NHL. He has been performing great. Um, and given the the Vegas PK, like you said, his seven power play points uh, could really, really, really be a good value bet to have. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what's in the water in Dallas, but between Ruba Hintz and Miral Haskinen, they are not getting nearly enough attention. Um, I agree with you. I think they're probably the two most underrated players in the league. And Miral Haskinen's got, I, I believe it's 12 points and seven of them are on the power play. Like you said, given Dallas's PK, I'm pretty much betting Miro Haskinen to get a power play point um, in every game if it's at plus money. If you don't like that, then you can just get Miro Haskinen to record a point. Then it doesn't matter if they get a power play or not. He's been really, really good for them. He's a key cog on their back end. He's playing 30 minutes a night. And he's the guy that usually gets the puck to Rupa Hintz, who's scoring a ton. So um, I like that point prop a lot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Rachel. Now, before we move on to our con Smythe picks to end up to round off the show, you got to tell me 
how many games, and uh, who takes it? I'm going to go Dallas in seven. Okay, Dallas in seven. It'll I, be- I, I, I say Dallas in seven because I think it's going to be a really even series, but Peter DeBoer is 7-0 and in game sevens, and I'll take Jake Ottinger in game seven over anybody else. Damn. All right. Um, so we just have a little bit here on Con Smythe picks. We're getting to the conference final, so we need to start looking at you know potential Con Smythe bets here. Um, and there are four. I think we have four sort of leading favorites uh, uh, here so far with Jacob Slavin, Sergey Bobrovsky, Rupe Hintz, and Mark Stone. Yeah. So I mean, heading into round two, the very obvious favorite was Drysaddle, um, and then he cooled off, and now he's out. So that completely went out the window. Um, him and Sorokin were just like ridiculous in round one. Um, but now I've basically kind of got a guy from each team, right? Because if you don't make the cup final, you're not winning the con smite. If Eric Carlson didn't win the con smite when Ottawa went out in the conference final, like five or six years ago, nobody's winning that. So to me, Jacob Slavin has been Carolina's most important player. He's playing 28 minutes a night, power play PK, shutting down the best players, completely dominating. He is the reason Carolina was able to completely nullify Jack Hughes and Timo Meyer. That's huge, considering the seasons they had. So he's my pick for the con smite there. Florida, I mean, picking anybody but Sergei Bobrovsky is kind of ridiculous. They wouldn't even be in the conference final without Bobrovsky. So I, I really don't know how you can argue that. He's been the best goaltender in the playoffs. It's not even close. Um, and then you look at Rupa Hintz, right? He's, he's the leading playoff scorer, scored key goals at key moments for Dallas. Dallas is in the conference final. If Dallas gets to the cup final, you'd have to think Hintz puts up another seven or eight points, which will take him to 26-27 heading into the Stanley Cup final. That's a ton of points to have for a solid two-way penalty-killing four-checking forward. Um, I really like him. And then Mark Stone, um, him and Jack Eichel have been producing for Vegas, but the storyline of Mark Stone coming back from a back injury and then producing at over a point per game clip to take his team to what is potentially the franchise's first Stanley cup as their captain. Um, that is why I chose him over Jack Eichel. I just think that you have to go with the storyline a little bit there, similar to the storyline when, um, Crosby won the con Smythe, even though maybe it should have been Kessel. Um, I think we're, we might see that with Mark Stone this year. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun gearing up for a great, uh, great conference finals of, uh, of hockey action. Stick around. We will continue to keep you updated on it and help you with your bets. Obviously, bet responsibly. But, yeah, enjoy it, and uh, we will see you later.